Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Say a new year. year. We are in a brand new year, guys. And um, so we're going to start a new series called What's Next. Say what's next. And although, you know, this is typically maybe one of those questions that we ask when it when January rolls around what's next we start planning things there's changes we want to make in our life I mean that's completely normal I would say that this year this past year 2020 has been quite different than previous years how about you and and so because of that you know I know and this is kind of odd for me because honestly I felt an excitement about 2021 and I don't normally feel like a huge excitement about a new year. I don't bank a lot on that. Um, I mean, of course, I love the idea of a clean slate. How about you? I, I like the idea of starting over. I like the idea of, you know, you know, out with the old, in with the new, this new and this fresh start in areas of my life. But I do really feel different this year, to be honest. And it's not really expected. Um, on New Year's Day, I was outside, which was Friday, right, New Year's Day, so I went outside, and, and my oldest son, Ethan, and I, we actually were just starting to break down boxes. How many? A lot of boxes from Christmas. Cardboard, boxes, all these different things. And so we're breaking down these boxes and things to put in the recycle bin. Yes, we're recyclers. We're tree huggers. We, we love animals, that whole thing. Laugh. It's 2021. Let's laugh a little bit. But we like to recycle all our stuff and that. So we're breaking all our boxes down. Well, from there, I remembered, oh, I have a, a tire that's low on, on my truck. So I thought I'll check the tire and I'll air that up. So I turned the air compressor on and that led to all four tires checking them. And I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm doing it. I might as well just fill up the air in my wife's vehicle now. And I did that. And then being in her vehicle, I realized that she was on E. So I thought, well, I'll just run down and get some gas. And guess what? I was in my pajamas and I didn't care. It's 2021, baby. We live in pajamas now. And uh, so I went to the pump. Of course, I paid at the pump. I wasn't going to walk in. I'm not that crazy. I'm not one of those who go to Walmart in my pajamas. Lord Jesus. But anyway, I went down. I filled up gas. I got back and I thought, man, there's some things in the garage that we could clear out right now and I could get my, my truck in here. And so my son, not as enthusiastic as I was about all this stuff we were doing on New Year's Day, said, okay, dad, with a good attitude. And we cleared stuff out. And I really felt like I got some stuff done. Totally unexpected, though. But I do have this hope. I do have this anticipation for 2021. Now, that doesn't mean that it's every day. I felt that on Friday and somewhat Saturday. Honestly, this morning, I woke up and I felt kind of like, I don't know, just bummed out a little bit about stuff. How many been there? And so it is this roller coaster ride in life, isn't it? But I really want us to ask that question, what's next? I, I, I want us to, let me say this, even though that I feel this way and, and I would say I'm a glasses half full kind of guy, that's really my personality. When I have a bad day, the glass has nothing in it. There's no half full, there's nothing in it. But for 98% of the time, the glass is half full for me. But I also understand that not everyone feels this way. For some of us, 2020 was like, how could it get any worse than this? I mean, it's the bottom of the bottom, and, and I understand that. And so Pastor Chris from uh, our Florida campus, he and I were discussing really this series. Sometimes we'll run series together. We'll get ideas together. Other times we'll just kind of go our own way with things. And he's running this series called What's Next? And so we just put together some ideas, and, 
and we kind of run with maybe, oh, I got this verse or that idea, and then we just kind of go with it on our own, maybe the same titles, but the one thing that we, we really wanted to do is we wanted to somehow find practical ways that we can draw a roadmap for 2021 and beyond. What ways can we help you gain some hope and anticipation in this coming year? And although this is much more practical and hands-on, I would say, a hands-on approach to life and, and, and messages, and you know me, I'm a little different. You know, this is different than what I would normally share because I love theology. Does anyone know that about me? I love digging deep into the languages and all that. And that has its time and place, and I love that, but I also believe that it's completely necessary that we find things that we can apply to our lives that will give us that Let's call it the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, again, I might be talking to some people like, man, life's been great. What happened in 2020? Did I miss something? There are some like that. So, and, I, and that more power to you. That's wonderful and beautiful. But for the majority of people, 2020 has affected us in some way. And so I want to start this morning in Paul's letter to the Philippians. Say Philippians. Just flip over to Philippians there. And we'll look at chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 13. We'll, we'll do 13 and 14 here out of the New American Standard. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting, say this with me, forgetting. forgetting. Say it again. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward, say forward, say it again, forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but, but I love to shoot video. Um, I love to take photos as well, but video is kind of my thing. I, I just love doing it. Uh, in fact, this year I'm going to launch, officially launch a videography company. It's something that I've been doing for over 20 years for hobby and fun, and I'm already picking up you know, lots of work, and it's been really cool. But it's something I love to do. Now, I especially like the convenience that we have with these things right here. Anyone have a smartphone? Anyone have an iPhone? Yeah? good. They're the best. But <laughs> this is, I'm not supported by, by Apple and by any stretch. But I will say this, that, you know, whether it's a Google Pixel or it's an iPhone or it's a Samsung or any product like that, if you noticed, they certainly aren't DSL, DSLRs or mirrorless cameras, if anyone knows what that is. But the capabilities and the quality of these small devices that you can literally fit into your pocket is amazing. Think about this. You can pull this out literally at any time and capture some really great moments. And not only capture those great moments, you can capture them in super high quality. I was looking, uh, honey, this came up on, on my, I don't know if it was in the cloud or what, but one of these videos, and you've seen it, we've had it come up a few times, but it was a video of Aiden when he first ate his first bite of cereal. Do you remember that? And it was like in 4-3 format, and it was, it was kind of grainy. And this was just nine years ago, ten years ago, right? Nine years ago. Um, stuff even from three or four or five years ago, I'll pull up and be like, 
wow, look how far we've come. Because now we can capture moments. And people literally now with these new devices, they have like, it's not cinema grade gear, but you can make it look really, really good if you have any idea of how to even color grade and do correction like in post. But people just do these amazing things with these phones. It's awesome. No matter where you are, for the most part, if you see this beautiful sunset or this, this scene that you just want to capture for, for all eternity, uh, if, if your kids are at a birthday party or maybe they're playing at the park, just anything in general, if you want to grab a memory, you simply reach into your pocket, you pull out your phone, and what do you do? You take a snapshot. Sometimes several. Sometimes a burst. So I can go through and find the best shot. It's that easy. It's become so normal that we don't even think twice about it anymore, do we? See, snapshots are a way of life. They even have an app called Snapchat. We're literally, you're just, I mean, my kids, my oldest son, he just, he just, what are you doing? He's just snapping shots of, I mean, he's in the car. It's the dashboard. But apparently it gives you streaks. Hopefully not in your underwear, but it gives you streaks it, just disregard I said that, but it gives you streaks or something. I don't know what that means, but my point is we just take snapshots all the time. It's a way of life. But let me ask you this. How often do we take a snapshot of our life? I don't mean a physical picture of ourselves. Plenty of you have taken plenty of selfies this past year. Can I get an amen this morning? But I'm talking about an actual snapshot of where you are in your life, and more importantly, where you want to be. See, 2020 has really brought a lot of feelings up of hopelessness, I believe, for many people. And so maybe where they would usually plan or have a resolution or sit down and come up with a plan, they just, they, they, they don't have the wherewithal. They're like, what's the difference? Things are still the same as far as I can see. I want to look at this again in Philippians in the message translation. You read along with me right here in the screens or in the version app. Starting with verse 12, he says, I'm not saying that I have this all together. Well, this is Paul speaking, that I have it made. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is backing us onward to Jesus. I love this last line. He says, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Say that with me. I'm not turning back. Listen, and I totally get it. If we look at the context of scriptures, I'm big on this. When I'm, when I'm preaching about context, 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 who wrote it, to whom did they write it, what was the period, why did they write it, Paul is specifically speaking here about the beginning and, and continuing to understand what life in Christ is all about. I get that. But I don't think that that negates the practical things in life. See, the, for everything that's written, I do believe that the authors who were inspired by Holy Spirit, I believe, writing from their mindset, from their frame of mind, from their paradigm, they're writing these things I believe that when they wrote it, they had an idea of why they're writing what they're writing. How about you? So there's a literal translation for everything written, right? But I do believe that there's applications. 
And so this is one of those scenarios where I believe we can, we can take this letter to the Philippians 2,000 years ago, but we can apply it to here and now for us. Because again, I don't think that it negates the practical things in life. I think it includes these things. Wherever you are, whatever culture you've grown up in, this applies to everyone. But look what he says here. He says, God is beckoning us onward. I'm off and running. I'm not turning back. You ever found it hard to not look back? I mean, that, I think that's just a human struggle. To look back at a you know, regret, something you missed, something that uh, you didn't do or that you did do that you shouldn't have done. We all can have these regrets, these things in the past. And it's, it's really hard, I think, sometimes to look forward and not look back. And you think about 2020. I, I don't mean to belabor this point, but it's just the truth. Uh, whether you've lost a little or you've lost a lot, we've all experienced some form of loss from time. How many have lost time? I lost a lot of time. Some may have gained time, but you lost time in other areas. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you lost money, finances. Maybe you lost peace and hope. (laughs) I mean, maybe you've even lost friends and loved ones. And that's never easy. But I do believe that 2020 has affected us all. Now, here we are in 2021, and we're still going to have to work through some things. We're still going to have to work through some issues, aren't we? But the most important thing for me to convey to you, and even to myself, to be honest, because I'm talking about myself today and, and through this series, I'm encouraging myself in the Lord. I'm encouraging myself in the scriptures. I'm encouraging myself in what God believes about me and what my good friends believe about me, the ones who really know my heart and have my heart. But the thing that I really want to convey to us is that we can't lose hope. Let's not lose hope. And I know as as creatures who need social interaction, that's probably been one of the hardest things. But there are ways to reach out. And if you found yourself falling into a deep funk and depression over this, you need to reach out need to reach out to family and friends and say, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm going through. I mean, there's even services that you can find that will help you through this process. And I think it's important. I think sometimes when we get in the church atmosphere, we a few things happen. There's this, almost this idea that I have to just, I always have to faith it, which means fake it, in my opinion. I get having faith for the future, but sometimes we just fake it in front of people and there's no faith just faking it because we feel like, how would that person look at me? And you know, we think about, man, this is a Western culture issue, but man, we just, it's all about our, our rep. It's all about how people see us. And so we have this idea that being open and honest and being vulnerable is is wimpy or bad, especially for guys. But you guys, you should read people like Brene Brown who talk about shame, who talk about letting those things go, about being honest and being vulnerable. And sometimes we keep ourselves encapsulated in this bubble and we just think, well, if I just confess enough scriptures, it's all going to get better. 
And I'm all about confessing scriptures. I'm about saying the same thing. That word confession, by the way, means to say the same thing as another person. So your confession, when it comes to religion or the Bible or scriptures, it's saying what God says about you in your situation. I totally believe in that. But we don't have to fake with each other. We can be open and honest with each other and say, I'm going through some stuff, and this is how I feel right now. And so sometimes, unfortunately, not, not every church, but the church dynamic is one that you feel like, well, I don't know if I can be completely honest because of is that lack of faith and what will people think? And then we're afraid of, well, I don't know. I mean, who cares about me and my soul and my emotions and my well-being? Well, the thing is, that's really important to how you operate in life or you don't. Some people take their lives because they can't handle the stress and they don't feel like they can open up. And that's just a travesty. That's so sad to me because there is help. Are you following me this morning? And so I know that for some of us, we just feel like we're in this, this limbo. You're, that's a great word for it, right? You know, not the game you play, like how low can you go? How I'm talking about limbo, like, whoa, where am I right now? In fact, that word limbo, I was thinking about this this morning and I wrote down the definition. It's an uncertain period of awaiting a decision or a resolution. Think about this. It's an intermediate state or condition. It's a state of neglect or oblivion. Now, on a side note, when, when, I, when I heard this, I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because I remember studying years ago in this scripture and looking at this word forgetting uh, in the actual Greek. And what it means in the Greek, that when he says forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, this word forgetting in the Greek, it means neglecting, no longer caring for. Look at this, given over to oblivion. That word oblivion, I, I remember reading that, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So limbo is a state of neglect or oblivion. And it's literally like, like Paul saying, whatever you're going through in life, sometimes you've got to leave that stuff back there. Forget it. Leave it in oblivion. Let it go. Because just sitting there and, and, you know, seething over it and thinking over it and meditating on all the things that didn't go right and the, and the things, uh, the, the unfulfilled dreams and the things that you lost, it's not the best place to be. Now, I get it. If you lost a loved one, that grieving process, don't let anyone tell you how long that should take. You, you can't. But there are some things that we've lost. And what happens is, I'm just going all over today, you guys. But sometimes our identity is so wrapped up in the things that we do or the status that we've made that when we lose that, we feel like we're nothing. Everything's gone. But we get so wrapped up. Our identity, instead of being children of God who are loved by Heavenly Father, who have a purpose, we get caught up in this Western idea of what success looks like and we start to grab those labels and we attach them, attach them to ourselves and then we identify with that. That's my identity. What happens when you lose the label? What happens when you lose that? Well, you lose your identity. Same thing happens in the religious world. That's one thing that I really, I really strive to not do is I don't want my identity to be wrapped up in being a pastor because you never know how long that could last. And when it's time for me to move on, 
I don't want to be so attached to it that I can't move on. And so we're all in this place where we're, we're looking for identity and we're trying to find who we truly are. But a lot of times we get caught up and our identity is caught up in something that's past. And so he says, forgetting what lies behind, neglecting, no longer caring for, giving over to oblivion. But look at this, he says, and reaching forward to what lies ahead. This word reaching in the Greek means to stretch oneself's forward. To stretch one's self forward. You ever, you ever notice that when you make some changes in life, when you're trying to leave what's behind behind, it's like really hard and it feels like you're literally stretching yourself <laughs> to go past what you identified with to move on to where you need to be. Listen, I'm not telling this from a place of I've arrived. I wasn't one in 2020 who was like, 2020 what? <laughs> so I'm telling you this as someone who has to do the same thing. I have to learn to neglect, to give over to oblivion, and to stretch myself forward. Guess what? It's not easy, is it? But it's necessary. It's also interesting that part of the definition here for limbo is an uncertain period of awaiting a resolution. We all know, know the word resolution, right? At the beginning of the year in January. But think about this. Limbo is an uncertain period of awaiting a resolution. And my question is, why wait? I mean, who's telling you they have to wait? Why wait for others or for circumstances around us to determine or bring a resolution? We can resolve to do this here and now. And so that's really what this series is about. Now, I do want to say this because, yes, you guys are used to a certain form of teaching and how I preach and all that. And, and I'll bring some of that back. I mean, look at, the, look at today. I, I had two Greek words. I couldn't help myself. I had to dig a little bit. But, you know, for some of us, we could look at this and go, oh, my gosh, here we go. I mean, this, is this a, like a self-help project? And in many ways, this is about helping yourself. Let's be honest. But self-help, say this with me, self-help. Self-help is something you do all on your own. See, I want this series to be something that we do together. And every step that we take, I want it to include the awareness, this is a key word, the awareness that Holy Spirit is with you. So how could it be self-help if someone's helping you? He's not only there with you, he's with you to lead you and to give you the strength and the wherewithal to press on, to do that stretching that needs to be done, which sometimes could be physical. I was telling you about that. I need to stretch more often. The most important thing you do as this body gets older, but stretching ourselves physically, stretching ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it may be. Now, when you came in today, you may have grabbed, did anyone get one of these handouts? Anyone? Uh, they're out on the table. If, if you want to grab one on the way out, if you want to get one now, you can. Uh, there's some right on the back table. If you want, raise your hand, and one of the ushers could get you one. Um, but, and I know when the teacher says, all right, class, we got some homework to do. Let me hear it. 
Oh, yeah, I know. I get it. But sometimes it, it, it takes actually sitting down and going through things. And this is something I need to do. You, you know, I would encourage you to do it. To, to, we're going to go through this, this life wheel here. And, and it, we really need to be honest with ourselves on some things. I think honesty is the best policy when it comes to ourselves. And sometimes we're not very honest with ourselves. Sometimes we project this, this who we are, and it's really not who we are, but we're afraid to be honest with who we really are. But I think in situations like this, when, when we have these things, these handouts, I think it's important for you to get one and to take it home. And we're going to go through it today for just a few minutes and some things, some practical things that you can do. Um, but I really encourage you to do this. And, you know, if you're here today and your spouse isn't, take two. Maybe both of you could do it. Maybe not together. Maybe do it separate and then come together and say, hey, here's where I am with this. But I really want us to take some time. Um, you don't have to participate in this series if you don't want. You can just participate in listening and that's fine. But really take some time and, and write some things down as we go through this series because, you know, we all know that the, the definition of insanity is what? To do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. I mean, these are things that we know. It's a cliche for a reason. And so this might be a time where you're like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm just over it. I, I'm, I'm tired of my health being the way it is. I'm tired of my finances being the way it is. And I know for some of us, there's outward things that affect our finances. There's outward things that affect our health. But what can we do to get in a better, healthy situation in these facets of life? And I do think that more times than not, especially in Western culture, we have a lot of privilege and a lot of things that we can make decisions on and press forward with we have an opportunity to get out of some of these holes that we've dug for ourselves. Amen? Amen. And so I just want to go through, uh, here's an example. of. A, did I send you this graphic, Heidi? Oh, man. Yeah, that was my fault. I didn't do that. Does anyone have the version app? If you pull that up, if you pull it, can you see it's on there, right? Okay. Let me, um, let me see if I can send it to you real quick, Heidi. This is technology right here, folks. See if I can airdrop it to you. Because I want you guys to see this. And I apologize for that. I really meant to, uh, to do that. I'm just going to text it to the computer, Heidi. Let me know if that comes up. If it does and you get a chance, go ahead and put that up. Sorry about that, you guys. We're a family church. This is awesome, isn't it? We don't have, we're, we're live. We're live on YouTube and Facebook. What's up? But... Uh, this is an example, though, if you have it on you version there, and, and Heidi, she's awesome back there, so if there's any way she can get it, she'll definitely get that put up for you guys. But a life wheel really looks like this, and I'll even just hold it up for you guys. Can you see that at all? It's just a wheel, and you have different segments here of the wheel, and we have some different categories and things here. And so what I want to do is I just want to run through um, some of these categories. I don't want to take a lot of your time because you got homework tonight. Um, <laughs> but, but, I do, but I do want you to be aware of, you know, these different categories and what they mean and see if it can help you out in your own life. So we have these different ideas in this life wheel. Now, I will say this, that this, this wheel here is, it's in such a way that everything is equal. 
but you're going to find that in your own life, everything won't be equal. And that's part of the reason we're doing this is because we want to look at the segments of our life and we want to say, okay, wow, that's really off balance there. I spend way too much time in this area versus another. And so here's a few of the categories. The first one is this, spirituality. Now, what do you think about when you think of spirituality? Class? Okay, God, church. Anyone else in the comments? Spirituality, this refers to church affiliation. You know, where you go to church, uh, what you do in the church, how important it is to you. It could deal with your ethics, your morals, um, relationship with or belief in God and what you view as your purpose in life. Look at that, Heidi, you rock. She's got it up on there. And uh, Ethan can get it up for people online who uh, want to look at that as well. But that's spirituality. It's your church affiliations, your ethics, your morals, kind of that purpose we have in life, that belief we have in God. Where would you say that that is? Now, there's a lot more wedges, so don't, don't, don't do anything yet. Uh, another one's this, health. Say health. This is one that some of us just like to avoid. I was supposed to get my physical like three months ago, and I still haven't scheduled it. Not that I'm scared, I guess. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm the kind of guy that just, I'm going to go once a year just because it's the right thing to do and make sure I'm good to go. And I need to do that. But it's so much deeper than that, right? Health, it's, this segment refers to your overall health, including, you know, physical fitness, including nutrition. But what about this? It includes stress levels. It includes healing. It, it includes your mental health. And again, this is one thing that we, we don't necessarily think about in church because, and let me say this too, is none of this that we're doing is unspiritual. Everything is spiritual. Everything is connected. So all these wedges and things that we see, they're interconnected and they work together to bring you either health or dis-ease in life. Does that make sense? And so it's important that it's not just, you know, well, I work out and, and I eat, you know, three squares a day or six times a day because I, you know, this is how I do it. And I eat these types, you know, uh, I'm, I'm all meat or I'm no meat or I'm no carbs or I'm all carbs. I'm, we're not, I'm not talking about all that as much as I am. What about the stress levels? What about your healing? What about your mental health? Where are you right now, especially going through 2020? Because we can deny that. So that's another wedge, your health. I mean, where does that play out? percentage-wise, on the time that you spend on it. Here's another one, work. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, but this includes your job. It also can include your career path, your planning, your, your management of these things, leadership, business skills. For some of us, that wedge might be half. And you're like, whoa, that's way too much because there's a lot of other wedges here that I need to look into in my life. Let me say it again. None of this is unspiritual because everything is spiritual and everything is connected in your life. And so I do believe in having an ongoing relationship with my creator. I believe it's important, like Paul said, to pray without ceasing. That just means it's an ongoing, just like you know, with my wife, I should have, I should be praying without ceasing. There should always be, whether we're talking or not, this sense of she's there, she's my helpmate, we're together on this, and we're going to deal with that too. But sometimes that part of the wedge is very diminished, and it shouldn't be. 
And for a lot of us, our work has become like overwhelmed everything else. For some of us in 2020, there was no work. (laughs) I get that. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, can we look forward in 2021? Even though everything is not going to change immediately, get a sense of hope. Get a sense of anticipation for what's to come. Does that make sense? Another wedge is this, social. Uh, The social segment of Life Wheel refers to your friends and local community connections. Now, for some of you, this is a really small wedge. And it's because of the first one, health. We just don't feel up to friendships and having to be honest and having to be vulnerable. Listen, you don't have to open up to every person you come in contact with. But I'm telling you right now, I'm very thankful for the very small handful of people that I have that I can open up to and be completely honest with. You have to have this. Sometimes we just have to get things off our chest. But maybe part of this wedge is you have way too many friends who are way too involved in your life in ways that matter. Now, this isn't about us and them, but I've said it before that there's some friends, you know, that, that, let me say this, close friends are important in planning your life, but you have friends who can build you up and you have friends who can tear you down. And sometimes we need to learn to recognize that because we have friendships in our life that just aren't helping us. They're tearing us down and we need need to just move on especially if it's someone that we're trying to put into an inner circle and it just isn't fitting, you're going to have to let that go. You know, funny comedian, longtime fan of Robin Williams. The guy just was so creative and so funny, but he made this statement. He said, I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. Pretty powerful, isn't it? So really, in this wedge, think about, for some of us, maybe it's too small. We need to open up some more, but maybe for some of us, it's way too big, and we need to close it off a little bit. Are you, do you get my heart this morning? Anyone? Here's another wedge, development. This is important. In the wheel of development, this section refers to your lifelong pursuit of education. Some of you have gone back to school, even in your late 20s, 30s, 40s. You, you want to pursue something. It's, it deals with intellect, self-esteem, how often you read and you put things into you to help you grow and to learn. Um, this deals with what motivates and fulfills you. We have a lot of people who... They just, they found a job at 18 or 19 or 20 years old, and I think that's okay. And they've been there and they retire, and that's fine. But I've heard way too many stories of people who it never was what motivated them, and it never was what fulfilled them. And so they're faithful, and they put 25, 30 years into something, and I think that's wonderful, and and kudos to them, and respect for that. But how many times on a journey did they look at where they were and then they had dreams of something else that really motivated? I call it passion. You know, in my own life, just opening up, 
I love pastoring because I love people. I, lo- I love helping people um, just discover who they are. Discover the best version of themselves to see who God has made them to be, to realize that they're loved and that they're worthy. That's a passion for me. But another passion I've had was film. I love it. Ask my wife. She's like, oh my God, just watch the movie. I'm like, you see that transition? You see the way they panned in? Oh my, they masked that over. Whoa, let me rewind. How'd they do that? Trying to figure stuff out. I watch movies differently. I just do because I myself am a video editor for over 20 years and transitions are something that moves an audience and moves people into a flow. And I love the different angles of camera and how it creates a story and draws you in. It's that creative side. I'm a musician too. I toured as a musician for a while. That was my passion. I really wanted to be a rock star and it didn't happen. <laughs> but that's okay. I experienced a lot of things that many people haven't in life, but there's these creative juices. So for me, I thought, I'm almost 50 years old, but it's never too late. And so I began pursuing something that motivates me, that I have a passion for. My wife's like, stop buying camera gear. You don't need any more. <laughs> Which, you know, that the truth is you can start with this. We just talked about it, Right. It's learning how to use this and the angles and all those things. Well, I'm telling you the story to tell you that it's not too late to pursue something different in life. And so my wife and my kids and close friends, I said, why aren't you doing this? This is what you love. Every time we see you, you have a stinking camera in your hand. Do something with it. And so I've stepped out and guess what? People are hiring me and I'm getting work and it's like, wow, this is really cool. And who knows what can happen with it but I'm pursuing something that is a motivation and it fulfills me. So what fulfills you? What do you dream about when you're at the job that you hate? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm I'm trying to say it's never too late. What is it you want to do in your life? Here's another one, recreation. Now this segment on the life wheel, it includes what pursuits you do for fun. Some people are like, wait, wait, we, we're allowed to have fun? It's crazy, isn't it? When you hear someone, they're like, you know what, I, I'm going on vacation. Oh, that's cool. So where are you going? Oh, I'm going here, here, and here. And they say something like, yeah, I haven't gone on vacation in six years. That's, that's wild to me. Because t- to me, I, I get it. Maybe you're like, financially, I can't do this right now. I, I can't do, but but. I mean, for a weekend, get away, drive, for a day trip, anything. Sometimes we just don't know how to have fun. This, this isn't just vacations. It includes sports and hobbies and leisure activities. I mean, honestly, for me, we go camping, which is like the best thing ever that everyone loves it because it's the cheapest thing you can do. I mean, we can do like one Disney trip is like 10 camping trips. It's awesome. And what we found is that the family loves it more than anything else. Because every night, where do you end up, campers? Campfire, come on. Can you smell it now? Can you see those embers? Oh, oh, right. But the campfire, being around the campfire and, and just the smell of that and, and, and kids roasting marshmallows and enjoying family time, the bike rides during the day, going to the beach, these different things. Guys, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but we have to have time for recreation And for me, sometimes it's literally laying in a zero-gravity chair looking at the clouds go by. It's amazing. 
opening up a book and reading because I love to read when I can find time. Thank God for Audible (laughs) because I can read books even when I can't read books. But I love to read. And so it's finding those things that are recreation to you, that, that are enjoyable to you, that, that bring some sense of normalcy to your life. You have to have time for recreation. Here's another uh, wedge here, the family segment. Very important. It encompasses all family members. It includes parents, children, significant others, relatives. How much time do you spend with family? And I know that could be a touchy subject for some of us because you dread the holidays. Luckily, I don't. I love being with my family. It's amazing. And I'm not rubbing it in, but I do. I love my family. I even love my mother-in-law. I do, Mom. You're awesome. In fact, we refer to each other as mother-in-love, son-in-love. And she's told me, I'm telling you, this is going to make someone jealous out there, but she's told me that I am the absolute best son-in-law and son-in-love she has. I'm the only one. But I believe you, Mom. I believe you. But family's important. Where does that fall in the wedge? Sometimes, and, and, and I get this too, that it's going to fluctuate. There are times where you may have to work more. I get that. Maybe, you know, it's, it's demanding more of you. Maybe you're putting time in. Uh, I would say, you know, this last, especially half of the year, I've put more time in. Um, you know, being, I also, I, I painted for over 20 years and I still pick up side paint work and things like that. I have clients who just don't want anyone else to paint their home and I get that. And so for me, it's opened up a lot of doors for just still pastoring, being there for people, encouraging people, you know, being with great friends and helping them on their projects and stuff. And so I've got all these ways that I can reach out and, and do life. And so we had to come up with some parameters and my wife helps me with those things. Like, well, are you just going to be editing all day long? Or And so that's where I was like, well, you're right. Time with family is important. So I had to prioritize time frames. I'm going to get up at this time. I'm going to get up earlier than normal because I have this project to do. And I want to get this done. So sometimes you're just going to have to make those hard decisions. And so instead of eight hours of sleep, I might get six or five and a half or five. But it's worth it because I'm still spending time with my family. But I'm also getting done and pursuing the things that I want to see and have success in my life. Is this making sense? Another wedge is this, is life planning. This segment includes all areas where you just plan for your life. This includes goal setting, managing your finances. I'm telling you, man, sometimes we let the finances manage us. And we wonder why there's more week in the end of the money than money at the end of the week. It's because we haven't told the money what to do. And I'm saying that as someone who struggled for years without a budget. And it never hurts to tighten in the reins a little bit and see where you are with those things. Sometimes we don't have things because we haven't learned how to budget, and that's important. So it includes goal setting, managing finances, planning life transitions, being prepared for that. In the last couple of years, we you know, have been thinking about a will and things like that, which you're like, I'm not going to die anytime soon, but you have to think of those things and how well you manage your time. It's really important. So you kind of see how all these flow together. And I know you may be thinking, Pastor, how is this spiritual? Well, first of all, I've said at least two or three times, everything is spiritual. But you're at church today, and so I know you're looking for scripture and verse, and the Bible has a lot to say about planning, but I love this here in Proverbs 21.5. Look at this with me, Proverbs 21.5. Careful planning 
put you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry put you further behind. So there you have it. It's scriptural. You can plan. You can set goals for your life. This is not an unscriptural thing. Take it home with you. Work on it. Determine where you are right now. But listen to me. I want to encourage you as you take this home, as you, as you take this hand at home, or if you're not here today, it's real simple, guys. Just draw a circle. Can anyone draw a circle? Does anyone have it? What are those? Is it a compass or a pro? What's the thing that draws circles perfectly? Cereal bowl. Yes, that's what we used in art class, a cereal bowl. Thanks, John. You're awesome, bro. Such an encourager. Yeah, cereal bowl. Just draw a circle, put my life wheel in the middle, and start drawing those segments out. But, but I really encourage you to do this. Take the hand out or draw the circle. And begin to do this practice of figuring out where you are in life. Take an honest snapshot of your life and be honest with yourself. And listen, if you're not happy with the percentages or where things are, don't get down on yourself. Don't fall into condemnation over it. Don't don't judge yourself over it. This should be a very healthy exercise to get you to the next level in life. It's a place where, where you have and can receive peace and hope. And then what it does is it helps you put things in a place where you're able to receive the peace and hope that's already been provided. And once you receive that peace and hope, guess what? You then can dish that out or dole that out to others. Give them the peace and the hope that we all can share together. After all, that's what Jesus did, right? So work on the wheel. Get those percentages worked out. And the next week, we're going to come back together and we're going to discuss some next steps that we can take to see ourselves attain some of these goals. Did you guys get something out of that this morning? I gave you like two and a half Bible verses, so it's scriptural. But I, I say that in jest. But, but I'm serious, you guys. I really, I want, us to, I want us to take our lives back. For some of us, we need to take our lives back. We, we need to... We need to set ourselves up, and I know this sounds so westernized, but set ourselves up for success in life. And that doesn't mean big cars and mansions. Somehow we've got this idea that because someone has all this stuff, but there's people with lots of money who have no peace, they have no hope, their family can't stand to be around them. What kind of life is that? But it's okay to have some things as long as they don't have you. It's okay to have your budget in line so you, know, you have an emergency fund getting Dave Ramsey on you, but I, I, I might not agree with everything the guy says, but man, with this budgeting, it's good stuff. You can find this material anywhere, but you know, think about this. If you had $1,000 in an emergency fund and something goes out in your vehicle and it costs $700 to fix, if you have the money, it's just an inconvenience. If you don't have the money, it's like crisis and stress mode. You ever been there? So that's the difference in these things. So as we set these things up, we can set ourselves up for success in life and then be able to enjoy the things like recreation and family and know where everything should be and in its place. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for just this opportunity that we have through having a building and even technology to gather together this morning. I pray that this message today has helped people to maybe get a sense of hope, a sense of that light at the end of the tunnel. That although we've gone through some adversity, some of us have lost so many things that are dear to us in 2020. 
but it doesn't have to be the end. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we're becoming more aware of your presence in our life and that you do have our best interest in mind. And I pray that as we go through this circle that you're helping direct us and to guide us. Because sometimes we, we have an idea of where we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to do in life, but you know what's best for us. So help us as we're putting this together, first of all, not getting condemnation over these percentages being so out of whack. That's why we're doing this. It's a healthy practice to say, where am I? To get a snapshot of where I am right now in my life. But you're right there, Holy Spirit, to help us as we go through the rest of this month and this series to try to move and shift those lines around in such ways that we're giving special attention at what needs to have special attention to it. But in the long run, we're balancing out our lives. And once we balance out our lives, that gives us the opportunity to be the hope, to be the help, to be the inspiration to those around us. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. You guys received that this morning? For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.